This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, August 17th, 2020. I'm Caleb Brown. What can we say with confidence about the unrest in Belarus over a rigged election? What is dictator Alexander Lukashenko's relationship to Moscow? And what's the role for the U.S., if any? Cato's Emma Ashford provides a big-picture view of the violence and political repression now underway in Belarus. So there's a lot of confusion about this and about whether uh, Belarus is part of Russia or not. Um, so the kind of positive history is Belarus was part of the Russian Empire um, for centuries. Um, then it was part of the Soviet Union. It was one of the, the separate Soviet republics. Um, but it basically didn't become an independent country until the collapse of the Soviet Union in, in 1991. Um, and since that time, Belarus has been what a lot of people refer to as Europe's last dictatorship. Um, not not that's not actually an entirely accurate statement, but Belarus is basically an unreconstructed Soviet-style dictatorship. There's still a lot of collective organization in the economy. Um, the leader, Lukashenko, basically resisted shock therapy that happened in, in other former Soviet states. So the economy is still very collectivized. The government is still a, a totalitarian dictatorship. Um, and uh, it's still very close to Russia. Um, in, in many, many ways. People in Belarus speak Russian and, and Belarusian, which is like a dialect of Russian. Um, but there's also a customs union between the two countries. Um, there's freedom of movement between the two countries. They basically have a, you know, a European Union style deal that lets people work and move in both states. So the, the two countries are very close um, and basically were the same country up until 1991. What is the relationship today between Lukashenko and Vladimir Putin. So that starts to get a little more complicated. Um, and it's actually, as we start to talk about sort of the protests that are going on, we can talk about that in a minute. Um, it's actually one of the reasons why this is a little complicated. Um, so Lukashenko, um, historically very close to Russia, um, but Lukashenko also to some extent sees Putin as a threat to his power. Putin wants closer ties with Belarus, um, wants to sort of keep them in the fold. Lukashenko has actually been making some economic reforms and reaching out to the European Union over the last few years, trying to build some trade ties with Europe, trying to maybe um, move away from Russia just a little bit. So Putin has not actually been particularly happy with Lukashenko in recent years. If we reach back in time, not that far to, say, 2014 or so, um, Vladimir Putin had his eyes on Crimea. How similar is the situation in Belarus? Um, it's not that similar, actually. It's, it's right. similar in the relationships of the countries, right? So um, Ukraine and Belarus, both right on the Russian border, both historically part of the Russian empire. Um, Russia, you know, Vladimir Putin, the Russian government typically considers Ukraine and Belarus to be sort of States that they have to keep in the fold for, for security reasons for their own defense. Um, but that's basically where the similarities end. Ukraine in 2014, when we had the, the Maidan protests, was a country that was being pulled between West and East. Um, so people in Ukraine that wanted to move closer to the European Union, people in Ukraine that wanted to stay closer to Russia. Um, and that became um, sort of a big electoral issue. It became part of the protests um, and ended up being part of the reason why Russia invaded Crimea and um, invaded parts of, of eastern Ukraine. Um, Belarus, 
um, despite sort of the similarities and how close it is to Russia, is not a country that's looking to move west in any serious way. Um, most people in Belarus want to stay pretty close to Russia, want to maintain their ties with Russia. The opposition in Belarus is friendly towards the Kremlin. Um, so in, in fact, when uh, Lukashenko banned a few of the opposition candidates before the recent elections, they just fled to Moscow. Um, so the situation in Belarus is not that West versus East conflict that we saw in Ukraine in 2014. What can we say with confidence about the protests, about uh, Lukashenko's uh, bid to remain in power and, and what he has done uh, during this election period? So we can we can say with with certainty that Lukashenko rigged the election. Um, like many dictators, he appears to have fallen into the trap of believing that his people actually love him and will do anything to protect him. And that that is turning out to be entirely false. Um, protests are continuing to grow bigger and bigger over the weekend. Um, you know, we saw some absolutely massive protests in Minsk against him. And it really is looking like um, like Lukashenko is going to have to at least make some concessions, perhaps even eventually leave, leave government. Um what we don't know right now is what the Russian response to any of this is going to be. Um, as I say, this this isn't that traditional um, sort of West versus East conflict. So the Kremlin is probably not particularly worried that the opposition is going to turn around and get really friendly with the European Union. Um, so from the point of view of the Kremlin, they may actually prefer the opposition to come in. Um, but if it looks like things are going badly, if it looks like Lukashenko is losing control, if it looks like the West, um, the European Union, the US is going to weigh in in a bigger way, um, it is not at all out of the realm of possibility that Putin might decide to send in troops the way he did in Ukraine. So we just don't know what Putin is going to do. And there is a big range of options on the table. We've seen sort of pinholes of what's going on in uh, Belarus uh, during this election, and it seems absolutely brutal and and terrifying. And what's the U.S. role, if any? Well, I mean, it is. It's it's awful. The the Belarusian security services um, they're actually still called the KGB. Um, they they didn't bother to rename them after the collapse of the Soviet Union, and they have. They've been beating protesters, arresting people, um, presumably imprisoning and torturing them. You know, we never we never know for certain, but it's it's entirely probable given the history of of the of the country and the history of Lukashenko. Um, but what is really kind of amazing is the fact that despite all of this, um, we are seeing these massive protests and these calls for reform in Belarus. Um, so the the opposition leader, the one that actually ended up standing against Lukashenko in this election, um, Tikhanovskaya, um, she was actually a, a stay-at-home mother, um, and her husband was the, the opposition candidate. And then when he was barred from running and had to flee the country, she ended up running for, for election instead. She has since had to flee to Lithuania as well. Um, most people assume it's because Lukashenko threatened her children. Um, and it's, it, that, that seemed, based on public statements that she has made, that seems pretty clear. It really does. She hasn't, I don't believe, explicitly said that's what happened. But um, but basically, she was um, pictured on a videotape making a statement that, you know, Lukashenko won and everything was great in this very strange hostage video. And then she turns up in Lithuania 24 hours later, having fled the country with her family. So I, I think we can all assume pretty much what happens there. And so, so what I think is frankly amazing about all of this is despite that, despite the brutality, 
despite the state control, um, we see that there is a real um, appetite for change in Belarus. The people are willing to come out and actually risk their safety, um, risk being caught up in these arrests um, in order to push for some reform in, in their government and in order to try and get a more representative form of government. And that is that is pretty amazing. Emma Ashford is a research fellow at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast anywhere you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.